caretaker government, which is seen as irresponsible dealing with the crisis in any in any way, as if you know caretaker governments had completely resigned and uh, you know the economy was left to Riyadh Salami to do with it as he pleases. The poor man must be quite alone to be on top of the mountain alone with such huge responsibility. The Lebanese economy is needed at, at a moment like that to, to raise their voice. So this is really just a, a, a sincere goodwill effort among leading experts to, to find a way forward. Yeah, well said, exactly. And I want to, I mean, I'm not going to go it chronologically. I, I've read the paper several times. I just want to dissect a few areas that I'm particularly interested in because I, I mean, I, I know the bare minimum and I think the way it's written, it's so easy to access that it's, it's simply a straightforward way out. But the, the, one, the one area that struck me as, uh, as, as particularly interesting was a section that pretty much argues against the immediate privatization of areas that you, uh, otherwise would be probably the, the sectors that you would want privatized. And wh- why is that written in there? And w- what, is the, uh, what is the hope there? It, it came up in the conversation, mm-hmm. so, so we recorded it. The idea was that the, the, the state has a financing problem now, so it may be tempted to solve it mm-hmm. by privatizing. Uh, privatizing, we, we all think many of the assets held by the government would be a good strategy, but not right now. Uh, the economy is extremely depressed, asset prices are depressed. Uh, that would be now, these assets would, would be sold at really fire sale prices. Moreover, the process of selling them could be... Uh, entail a lot of corruption at this particular moment you feel like there's a grabbing of resources the end of a regime right kind of environment and so we simply want to say this is not the way out of the current crisis the current crisis is much deeper than that requires more than an aspirin this would only solve the problem for the, the, the months or two or three but uh, you need to start looking at the problem from a different angle so is this in a sense to prevent something like which you've written on, which is the oligarchy, crony capitalist situation, whether it's in Russia or other types yeah. of... Is it pretty much... Uh, the, okay, yeah, I see. Russia is a, is a good metaphor here, uh-huh. where you know, 
assets were sold at the depth of the crisis for, for very little, if nothing, really, yeah. uh, to friends of the regime. And uh, this 20 years later, we still are in the same situation. Right, now, right. I think what, what's important, I mean, to really understand uh, why the different uh, strategies described in the paper are important at the moment, it's, it's perhaps good to step down a little bit which is something we don't do enough in the paper, to have a broader view of the diagnostic of the situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what is going on on the economic and financial front? We, we focus a lot on the financial crisis that's ongoing. You know, the run on banks, the run on dollars, uh, the depreciation of, of the pound in the parallel market, the fact that nobody's finding dollars in the market, uh, the, the, the inflation, uh, the, the tight credits, which is starting to lead to bankruptcy. So, you know, we focus a lot on the financial crisis. Uh, right. But we have to ask ourselves a broader question, where is this coming from? And, and really, uh, this is something we didn't write yet, I guess, but we discussed in the group. What we're seeing is the, is, is the death, really, of the Lebanese model, of the Lebanese economic model. Uh, and uh, this model cannot be revived. We have to look for another model. Uh, perhaps you know a few a few figures to, to give you a feel for yeah. how the old model operated and why it, 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 it is really that. Basically, we have an economy with a current account deficit of about 25% of GDP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that is to say, we import more than 20 billion dollars of goods. Right. And we export plus remittances only five, uh -huh. so it's 15 billion dollar missing. We consume much more than we, we produce, if you like, and the difference is very large. 15 billion dollars is large uh, in Lebanon. It's 25 percent of GDP. Right. Now this deficit has been financed, has been growing, by the way, and has been financed by inflows from abroad into the banking system. So we've been living on credit as a country. For, for the past 10 years plus, really. Yeah, yeah. And these flows have stopped. You know, people don't trust Lebanon, the bank, anymore, don't deposit. There's a run on the banks. So yeah. this money doesn't come anymore and will not come until this broad imbalance is, is reduced or eliminated. So here we find ourselves with uh, people and the government that consume a whole lot and they don't produce much, they don't export much. The, the shock is a deficit of $15 billion a year. Yeah. Last year we had already reduced flows, a deficit of $5 billion that were taken out of the reserves of the central bank. This year is going to be more, it's going to be the same in the future. This is a huge imbalance. The only way to reduce it is to move to a totally different economic model that produces much more so and I, consumes less. Can I ask you, the, I mean, when you're saying the death of the model, is that really the, the death of the credit-like model? That that's what, it, when you say the yeah. death, so it's not, it's not really a... Credit consuming, mm -hmm. credit, credit financing consumption model. Right. So the political element to it is not necessarily over. It's just the economic way that the it's the economic mismanagement that seems to have ended. But the politics is not affected per se. You know, everything is affected, including the politics, because mm. this is a model that, that model 
penetrates many spheres of society, the economy, and the policy of Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So let me let me perhaps outline four allegories in sure. a way. The first one has to do with the polity. You know, the polity has been used to this easy credit. Uh, they can easily run deficits, and this is very connected to to the rise and comfort of clientelism in Lebanon. Political leaders can use the state to overspend, to pay their clients. Right. Uh, so clientelism is closely connected to this easy access to credit. You could even argue more than that, that it is uh, the government that has created this environment with very high interest rate that have gotten this movement of, of inflow into the country mm-hmm. through its clientelism. But clearly, that inflow has been a very important instrument. It's the oil of Lebanon. Right. Yes, in yes. a way, Lebanon has been managed <laughs> like a rentier state, yeah. where the oil is is the credit. Now, you know, in some countries, oil has been re- oil revenues have been reduced in half. In our case, our oil credit has been eliminated. So the political <laughs> system has to adjust. Right. They don't have these rents anymore uh, to 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 govern in the way they had governed in the past. This is a fundamental change. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, you can think of Lebanon as, as a bank. Lebanon was a bank, depositors putting money in Lebanon, yes. Lebanon investing the money. Mm-hmm. The bank is bust. The, the money was invested in what? In, in government deficits, low government consumption, basically, not investment. And the government is bust, cannot repay this. The, the large part that was lent to the private sector, the private sector board, the whole lot as well from the banks. Yeah. Uh, was invested in real estate, luxury real estate, and that's bust. Half of it is unoccupied, right? So the bank is in bad shape, and therefore the bank cannot repay the depositors. It will have to take losses. How? Uh, you know, this is the whole question now about the run on the banks, uh, the necessity for taking those losses, that reduction in the future. Yes. whole topic by itself, we talk about it in the paper. Now, the third way of looking at it, you think of Lebanon as, as a household. <laughs> now, this is a household that consumes much more than it produces, you know, living on credit, yes. spending more than what they save. And so, you know, we have a $15 billion deficit, and if not in year one, in year two, Somehow you have to cut consumption, you have to cut imports, and you have to export more. You have to work harder. It's a major change right. in the way the incentive, the prices are going to be in this country. It's going to be a country that will have to consume less and produce more and work harder. Uh, and, and that's you know major social change, a major challenge for the future. And, and related to that, you can think of Lebanon as a factory. That's the first force allegory. It's been a terrible place to produce in. Yes. In yes. order, the foreign exchange is cheap. It's much easier, cheaper to import than to produce locally. The investment climate is terrible because of all the cronism. It's very expensive to produce in Lebanon. So, so you need, you know, you need a real evaluation. It's a bit like oil creates. This, you know, we speak of Dutch disease. Lebanon has a Dutch disease. Uh, you would need, uh-huh. uh, you know, lower wages. Uh, so. So these are some of the implications of, of the disappearance of this model. We need another model that's more productive, that uh, saves more, uh, produce 
more and, and, and the one where the banks become you know, a much smaller part of, of, of the political economy equation. It's, uh, when you think about it, it's, it's a huge challenge and, and it's an opportunity because the old model, uh, you know, pushed to bad government, brought bad governance, uh, brought a uh, lot of brain drain to the system. Uh, the, the only unfortunate part is that if we manage to move to a new regime that can you know, create this new model, we probably would have to start very low because yeah. we can talk a little bit about the transition, if you like. You know, unless we get a miracle, this transition is going to be very hard, very challenging. I mean, because it's, it's more than just, an, it's a societal challenge. I mean, it's really... Exactly. This street movement has shown us the potential is there. Yeah. Uh, the, the frustrations uh, from the old model are very clear. Yeah. And the aspirations for a better, more meritocratic future are there as well. And, and the transition, I mean, I know that you wrote in, in the paper, it's written about the, in a way that there's an assurance that social measures are not just needed, but they're, they're central to the whole transition. How serious do you think a future government is in actually tackling all these issues at once and allowing for a smooth transition? We, we, the last time we spoke, we, we spoke about a, a managed bankruptcy, which was the ideal situation. That's the most optimistic scenario, that there's a, not a mismanaged bankruptcy, but a managed one. Do you have much faith in a future government really looking at these policies and, and taking them seriously and, and sort of allowing for all these things to come together at once? Look, I'm still hopeful. Mm-hmm. But what we have to realize now is that every week is very costly. The right. delay is extremely costly. Yeah. You know, money is leaving, gushing out of Lebanon. And uh, we have big debt payments coming in, and we really have to start managing the crisis, re-establishing confidence, yeah. uh, and stopping the hemorrhage. If we have $30 billion in reserves, I don't know if we do, but let's say we have $30 billion of reserves. Hmm. Uh, remember this $15 billion deficit between export and import I told you about? Yes. This is two years. This gives us two years of survival. And during these two years, you want to turn the economy around and society with it and governments <laughs> yes. so that export equals imports somewhere in the middle, yeah. maybe 10 billion. So it means you have to double your export and reduce your imports by 50%. Do you imagine the kind of shock we're talking about? I mean, it is, you know, now that... It's the world alike. Yeah. <laughs> And it is exactly, I mean, now that you, you, you said it well, it is the death of the old model and you need to bring something to life very quickly without letting the country die with the model. Right. So where is our government now? We have two and a half billion dollars debt repayment due at the end of the month. Salami said he would, do, he would make the payment. Hmm. This is probably three months of, of necessary medicine. Yes. You know, the time to mobilize is yesterday, and we still don't have a government. I uh, I wanted to just ask about the the defense of the lira, written written well in, in the in the policy paper. Does Lebanon need its lira? Look, in in, in the recent past, in the old model, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't really have a lira. That was a packed system. We had the dollar basically. Everything right. was polarized. Mm-hmm. You, the lira was just a, a quick arithmetic in your head, right? Multiply by uh, one point five. Right. by 1.5 <laughs> but 
of everything was hooked to the price of the dollar. Yeah. Now, the question is, do we need, uh, you know, the lira in the long term? Yeah. And you know, maybe no. Do we need it during the transition? Certainly, yes. You, know, you need your own currency if your economy fluctuates a lot and you want to use the currency to adjust. Mm-hmm. Now, if we if we need to go to a system where our real wages are 30, 40% lower in order for the economy to survive, you devalue by 30%. And I think we need that in the new model. We need to devalue in real terms so I that see. we're more competitive. Uh, imports become more expensive. The local economy uh, is, 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 is more supported. Uh, you get import substitution, more things produced in Lebanon. We need that. What we're saying in the paper is this is not the solution out of the crisis. You don't devalue in the middle of a financial crisis. It introduces an extra element of instability. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to run to grab the dollars even more and put them under their their, their mattress is going to exacerbate the current situation. Yes, yes, yes. So if we start devaluing now, we're going to have a maxi devaluation. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and, and this is just an extra element of instability. We think the best thing to do for the next few months is, is to hold on to this lira and to start rationing reserves in, in some manageable way so that at least the needed minimum imports, necessary imports, uh, are, are there. Also, the other shorter problem with the lira is that uh, most businesses in Lebanon borrow in dollars and their business is in lira. So a very sharp depreciation would create lots of bankruptcies uh, and, and we want to avoid that as well. Right. It's also another safety mechanism. In other words, long term, this may not be necessary, but in the immediate future, it is just to help exactly. stabilize. Okay. I, I noticed that the, um, the social me- measures that are written a trust that the interest rates do not go down, and that would hurt pretty much the the middle class? Uh, One thing is how to distribute the losses in these bankrupt banks. Mm -hmm. And so this is, uh, you know, the issue of the haircuts that people increasingly talk about, and we wanted to break this taboo, and I think lots more people are talking about it after this paper was issued. Yes. So uh, Cyprus is a nice example. Cyprus mm-hmm. had similar problem. Banks uh, oversized relative to the economy, lots of Russian deposits there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they invested in Greek debt. Greece went bankrupt. Right. Cyprus Bank went bankrupt. Yeah. They had to distribute the losses. Uh, the losses were bigger than their equity, so they had to distribute to some of their depositors. Yeah. The first thing the government did was 6% cut in all the deposits. People were in the street. The parliament voted down this measure and instead recommended a measure where only the large deposits that were over a million dollars uh, be taxed. By the way, in the case of Cyprus, these were mostly Russian deposits, so there was, they had a foreign uh, affair problems uh, on, on their hands and they ended up giving the Russians you know, to the gas fields to compensate partly for that. Yeah. But, but, but nevertheless, something similar would have to happen in Lebanon. Uh, you know, a distribution of the burden of, of these losses. And, and that conversation hasn't started yet. We have to see how large the losses are, right. what's the base on which they can be distributed. And bad news, the debt, the, the losses are larger than we think they are because the central bank is also heavily indebted. 
right. on net terms, and this adds to the public debt. So it's not 90 billion, maybe it's 100, 110, or even more. So it's, it's, it's an extremely high debt uh, that needs to be reduced. Yeah. And if you don't reduce it sufficiently, there's a risk of getting stuck in this over-indebtedness for a decade, losing a decade, like happened, say, in Latin America in the 80s, you, because you'll have to have other reductions in over time. Right. So it's best to do it once, very deeply, in order to clean up all the balance sheets, be able to re-attract some money to Lebanon into the future and rebuild our credibility that we've done it once as a way of passing to a third republic and no more. So this is the first issue, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. March, how to distribute the, the losses. Now, once you move to the new model, which is not built on credit, there's no need to attract a lot of credit every year to repay the interest on the past debt. Uh, so it will it will it would not depend on high interest rates. The mm-hmm. same way our old model depends on. So so it'll be a normal country with a normal interest rate. You know, where the interest rates are around zero right now. Right. Now, yeah. We've developed a class of people over the past 10, 20 years that live off the interest on their deposits. Yeah. Their savings. And you know, some of them are middle-aged or old, and they've just gotten used to live this way, and they won't be able to live that way anymore in the future. Right. More of them will have to figure out a way of coming back to, to, to the labor market, even if they're older, and, and we think the state should help them in various ways to make that transition possible, with social security, with training, with a minimum wage, what have you. Uh, only. 38 to 40 percent of our labor force works is it's very low is it is it really that's it 40 i didn't know it's that low yeah it's very low so so the the age group and can i just i mean instinctually is it is it because of that system where people live off their maturity and they don't feel the need to to contribute more is is that the Uh, i I haven't seen deep research on that but Uh that's my sense yeah I think we all know many people that live off their interest, right. and, and, and that would not be feasible over time. This is an issue to look at, and we, we simply flag it in the paper. Yeah, okay, so that's maybe for later then. That's a mm-hmm. future, okay. And just to wrap it up, Ishaq, I, uh, before we started recording, I was expressing this sort of, uh, um, on the street you hear that the demands of the average protester Maybe the expectations may be higher than what the World Bank has it has at stake with the Lebanese government. That the protester wants more, <laughs> and the World Bank doesn't. And I wanted to just get your opinion on that because uh, we we spoke about it briefly. Uh, I think people and the the youth in particular they realize the magnitude of of the problem that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, indeed, the demands are not just about politics but also about economics, about not wanting to migrate, about wanting to be better governed, uh, better state services, but also a market that functions better, yeah. uh, you know, growth opportunities. So, so they are intuitively aware, I mean, more than intuitively, they live through not just political grievances, but economic grievances as well. Yeah. So. So it seems to me you're right. Their demands are, when they say all means all, they mean a new Lebanon altogether, yeah. socially, economically, and politically. So, so but do you have hope that the World Bank hears that and knows that the stakes are high for the Lebanese citizen? I'm, 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 
sure. I mean, all the international actors will have to adjust. Yeah. I think yeah. governments outside, you know, are much more focused on the crisis, on the security fears, right. and all of that, and they're not taking this seriously enough yet. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. the depths of its aspiration, they're, yeah. they're calling for another model and. The, the coincidence, of course, with, with, with the timing is, is amazing. We are living, I mean, this revolt came after the first signs of the death of the model. Right. And they are saying this model cannot be reinvented. We're going to stay in the street until you hear us. I know for the average protester, the, the fight against corruption, it's very clear. The accountability is there. People want a different way and they want something new. It's, it's very useful to have someone actually explain the policies that are needed as well. And it's good to know that there are Lebanese experts that are taking their time away from their jobs to help Lebanon. Thank you, Ronnie. And uh, just to say, there, there are many initiatives going on right now. This paper contributed to, to, to putting the issues on the table. But it's, it's very important for all Lebanese specialists in their fields to be part now of, of the renewal we're talking about need for a major renewal and, and it's time to be thinking uh, and in order to put the right pressure on, on the coming governments, whichever it is. Absolutely. Thank you, Ishaq. Talk to you soon.